This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Southern Magnolia Smiles, a locally owned and operated dental office right here on Washington Avenue in Ocean Springs. Dr. Robbie Williams and his friendly staff provide convenient and quality dental care in a comfortable environment. Their number one goal is to make your experience an exceptional one by providing efficient and financially manageable treatment options just for you. Be sure to check them out on their website at southernmagnoliasmiles.com or reach out to them by giving them a like on their Facebook page or following them on their Instagram account. Now, let's jump into the episode. What's up, everybody? It's the Brownwater Banter Podcast. I am Jared Seymour, and I'm sitting here today talking with Deborah. Um, we have a, uh, a different topic that we're going to talk about today, different than anything I've done on the podcast before, uh, but one that I'm, I'm very much wanting to share with everybody that listens to this. Um, Deborah and I met at the Hard Rock back when was that do you do you remember it was last april last april okay so wow that's was been it a march wh- or april i don't know i knew it'd been a while back but yeah. i'm terrible with time i don't know if yesterday yeah. was yesterday or if it was six months ago so yeah. but um so let's call it april um and i want to explain that we're, we're here today to talk about and celebrate the life of her late husband um and we're going to be talking about some topics that are kind of heavy uh on the show today but uh hopefully people that uh listen can take something positive away from that and that's what we want to keep this is definitely positive so Back in April of last year, uh, the way I remember it, I was sitting at the Hard Rock um, with my wife and some of her friends, and we're sitting there talking. And you and I somehow started started talking, and I don't remember what sparked the conversation. If you do, you can you can help me out with that. Well, I remember you sitting there, and I just walked up to you, and I don't know if I spoke to you or you spoke to I me. I don't remember. Yeah, but I, we were just. I don't know. We connected right. and I have a knack for connecting with people at the hard rock, I think. <laughs> that's your spot. Yeah. <laughs> I know this was spot. Yeah. So anyway, but we connected and somehow the, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I told you I was widowed. I don't know how, but in, in meeting you immediately, right. um, we talked about the fact that I was widowed and I had lost my husband. Your mother had recently passed away. That's right. Um, and we had a really heavy conversation about death That's at that right. point. In the middle of the hard rock at the center <laughs> bar. Yeah. Um, but I do remember that. And I remember it being one of those conversations <clears throat> that uh, it just, it was different. It wasn't like a normal, hey, how are you kind of conversation, obviously because of the topic. But I could tell we shared a similar experience, even though they're very different. And we'll get into that. Um but it was special. And I remember saying after uh, th- saying that night that we needed to talk about it and share your story because I could tell you were very comfortable talking about it. Um, and I wanted you to do the podcast. Here we are a little bit closer to a year later and we're doing it and I'm excited about it. Although I'm very, very nervous, to be honest with yeah, you. Well, don't be nervous. Yeah. But uh, so so let's talk about um, I'll kind of lead with with uh, my, my side of it. My, I haven't shared this on, on the podcast, but my uh, my mother passed away April of. Uh, of 2018 and it was very sudden she she uh, had a stroke passed away at work um no warning signs that you look back and you see some but at the time it was very sudden for us we didn't expect that obviously but your situation with your husband was completely different he got a cancer diagnosis and y'all had to go through all of that and that's what we're going to talk about today is is how you handled that um and what that experience was like for you correct right right yeah so it was kind of crazy, um, August of 20, God, so weird the time just flies, but August of 2016, um, my husband, who was very healthy, ran, worked out, just did everything uh, that you should do right. uh, for the most part. I mean, he loved beer, but <laughs> who, who doesn't? <laughs> I know, right. right? Everybody does. But yeah, but he was a great guy and he um, really had not had any symptoms, no, uh, no anything that would make you think that he was sick. 
Uh, he was 49 years old, so he was six months out from having a colonoscopy. A colonoscopy. There you go. You got it. Colonoscopy. You got <laughs> colonoscopy it. Yeah. scheduled. Um, so he would have had that um, scheduled in December. Um, unfortunately, go to the doctor, and it was so weird because he went. If I remember right, maybe like on a Tuesday or Wednesday, we get some test results back on on Friday, very close to our doctor um, in Jacksonville, Florida. And the doctor calls at like 4.30 on a Friday and says, hey, the doctor called, not the nurse. The doctor right. called and said, hey, can you come to my office and you need to bring your wife with you. Well, we instinctively knew then. <laughs> this, this is, is they don't call not, you down there for good news. No, yeah. not on Friday. So this is on Friday. So we go down and they tell us we see something and it's really bad. We're going to get you scheduled in. So scheduled in for test on Monday. It was a horrible weekend mm -hmm. um, because you're just sitting there going, you know, what is it? What is it? What is it? And the doctor already said it ain't good, even though you know we didn't know any diagnosis hadn't right. had anything. So. Um, go in to uh, have a colonoscopy on Monday, and he has a complete obstruction, mm -hmm. emergency surgery right. scheduled. Um, but as we go in, and, and like I said, there were some tests in there. All of this just gets really weird. But a couple of tests in there. We go to have the surgery, and Don made the doctor promise him that he would not put a bag on it. Right. That's one. Of, I work in healthcare and that's one of, in surgery specifically right. too. It's one of the big, biggest fears people have and understandably so. And Don said to the doctor, I don't want this. He's like, don't, don't do it. I'm not approving it. I'm not approving right. the surgery right. for you to do this. Right. So the doctor promises him, I will do everything not to do that. Well, after about an eight hour surgery, yep. the doctor came out and said, you took 10 years off of my life, but I did not have to put a bag on. But he was like, you're not going to eat for like 28 days and you better not give your wife any crap because you needed a bag, but I've done this for you. But you've got to be super, super careful right. to make sure because it was tough to right. get everything done. Anyway, long story short, we start um, at that point. They, they set us up with an oncologist. We know it's cancer. We know it's bad. They come back with a stage four diagnosis. They kind of told us it was going to be, you know, you might get four to five years. Who knows? There's a treatment coming next week. You right. know, there's always something around the corner. They give you such hope, which is awesome. Right. I think you need that. Um, but you also need to prepare yourself for the inevitable, right? What's coming right. with stage four cancer. So uh, very lucky for me, my uh, niece is a nurse practitioner and, um, in an oncology group. So wow, okay. she was my lifeline. Uh, she was my lifeline for all of this because everything that we did, we would run it to her. We say, Hey, what do you think about this? And, and honestly, her group talked to, you know, she would talk to her group and they would give us their suggestions because she was in Alabama. I was in Jacksonville, um, best clinics in the world. We were at MD Anderson. I mean, Mayo is right there. Right. It was everywhere, but this is the deal. It doesn't matter when it comes to that point. So you just get the best that you can. You research it, you do everything you can, but we went through every treatment series that we could. Each one would make him a little sicker. Um, and finally he said, I'm, I'm done. And at this point we're about 18 months into um, the treatments mm -hmm. and everything. And they tell us, they say, there's one more we're going to try. If it doesn't work, then that's probably the last thing that we can suggest. So did the treatment. It didn't work. And Don at that point said, I'm done. Just let me live my life. And that was probably in April. Um, and then May the 1st, they told us, went to the doctor and they said, 
the doctor, Dr. Um, Dr. Kevin Hunger, who's an amazing man, um, said, you've got about 21 days to live. He said, do whatever you need to do. And so we, uh, Don and I are in the same industry, um, worked for an amazing company who was very, very supportive. And we went home and we just kind of sat down and made a list of what we needed to do, what we wanted to do. Don you know, really wanted to make sure I was okay. Um, made a couple of videos for me, and we can talk about those. Some of them yep. are funny, right? Some of them are sad. Some of them he is, uh, and I, I really haven't shared them with very many people um, because I was kind of hanging on to him in case. Because Dom was like, "Okay, I don't want you showing this video to everybody, but hold on to it if you ever need it." He wanted me to be protected. He wanted me. Um, he wanted everyone to know that the decision to stop the treatments was his. That we talked about it, but it was a decision that ultimately he owned, and I feel like the owner of the disease uh, and their life and that, their life right. should be the one who holds um, the final say and the final card uh, to make the decision of I'm done. You know, just let me live my life. Uh, unfortunately, um, I guess because I've been around death, my dad died of cancer, my brother-in-law died of cancer, um, had a lot of loss in my life due to that. Um, they should be the ones that 100% agree with that that can make that decision and um you know we need to respect that farm mm-hmm. but it kind of it's a little weirdly makes me comfortable with that part of what do you mean <laughs> it makes me comfortable with death um because because quite, you've experienced because so many I've times? experienced yeah. it and quite honestly um Don's uh nurse uh his oncologist nurse was with him uh Three days before he passed away, he asked her to come in and, and he said, I want to I want to thank her for what she's done for me because she had been through the journey with us for months. And um, he asked her, he said, should I be afraid to die? Mm-hmm. And we'd already had the discussions with, um, you know, with different people. Um, Dom was Catholic um, and uh, different people. You know, d- he talked to Baptist preachers because he loved my preacher. Just, right. they were, I mean, it was just kind of a weird thing. But anyway, he had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about death and what to expect and uh when rita came in um she told don she said there's nothing to fear right she said there's nothing to fear she said it's going to be you know from what i've experienced and seen people experience she said it's going to be something that you'll have no more pain so she said don't don't fear that so i guess that is really as it's death as a relief as a relief, at, at that point. absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I've I've worked in uh, ICUs. I've worked in them for four years, so I was I'm not new to death. I mean, I, I've seen it. Like obviously, our number one goal in that situation is to get the patient better and get them out of there. But sometimes, certain diagnoses, certain situations, is there's that's never going to happen, right? And it's different when it's your loved one and your family member. You have to process it differently than you do as the person who is a you know you're a healthcare professional there to do a job, and part of that job is to comfort the family. To be there for the patient, um, but it, it's just different when it's your loved one that's going through that. So I was not um, unfamiliar with death when it when it uh, you know came into my life the way that it did, um, and I think it's different sometimes. You know, uh, one of my takeaways from everything was that we're, we're all gonna die, right? At, at some point, absolutely. You, you don't think about it very often, and especially when you're younger, right? You think of death as something that happens when you're when you're old right right or way later in life um but unfortunately it sneaks up either p- to someone or to someone you love or are related to in your life at times that you don't expect it um and for me the takeaway is is that you have to appreciate every single day 
every single moment and not take those for granted because you don't know how many you're going to get. Oh, absolutely. And and the one thing I tell people and 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 you know maybe it's just me. I don't I don't know, but there is a day you you pray for them to get better. You right. want them to get better. But there is a day that you will pray for them to have peace because when you watch them suffer day in, day out, you don't you don't want to see that anymore. And quite frankly, I think that and I know I'm so guilty of it with mm-hmm. with my dad, um, with, you know, with my my husband before he died. I wanted him to live because I didn't want to live without him. But it was selfish of me Correct. to want that. And so when I really when it really came down to the end, I did. I prayed. I just prayed for him to have peace because you know what? I had ten of the best years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably lived more in ten years, and my friends who know me know that I never stopped. Don and I never stopped. We did everything. We loved to travel. We loved to have a good time. And I mean, it was twenty four seven. It was twenty four seven. That that brings up a good point. And I was thinking is that you know. One of the things that what your situation is, and it can be both bad and I don't know if good's the right word, but y'all got to talk about what he wanted, what he wanted, how he wanted to live the rest of his life that he had left. Correct. He got to make some of those decisions with you or for you. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know sometimes people don't get that opportunity. um, Say, for instance, a loved one's, you know, in a situation where they're on, you know, life support or whatever, it puts the family members in some difficult places sometimes, especially when those people aren't familiar with healthcare or medicine uh, and don't have like a niece, like you said, um, to to help, you know, to talk to. Obviously, they're going to talk to their doctors that they're working with, but that does put people in a uh, in a in a tough situation sometimes. And if people are listening to this, I know it's uncomfortable, especially if you've never had to deal with it before, but the importance of talking to your family members about how they want their end of life done. You know, me and my mother had spoke about that before. I knew what she wanted. Right. hundred percent knew what right. she wanted. Um, but I know people that have never talked to their parents or their wives or whatever about what they want. I think that's a, as uncomfortable it is, is that it's something that you might, if you're listening to this, may think about, take away from this podcast. Right. That- Absolutely. Uh, the one thing that was really, uh, well, they make you do, especially when Don had the surgery, was he had to, <clears throat> we had to fill out the living will. Mm-hmm. So we had to know his choice. Um, Don made it very clear he wanted zero life support. Right. I mean, like, That's right. don't do that to me. Um, and uh, at that point, we knew what he wanted. He was an organ donor. So mm-hmm. somebody's out there. And I get, maybe this is why, and I, I, glad i'm bringing this up but i think that's why i I know don's gone but there's so much of him that's alive yeah um, because he was an organ donor so he there are several things that i can't even imagine what someone is seeing with his beautiful eyes right um, that's what my mother was able to donate to to do so that was pretty cool to me and i i haven't found out those things i don't even know if they'll let you know but but he let me know he wanted to be cremated he specifically told me everywhere he wanted um his ashes spread i've gone everywhere except one um place um to do that and it's so weird because i questioned him on it i'm like so he wanted to be in all these places he actually uh sent me on a cruise after he died i um, <laughs> went to, to cuba so in honor of him doing that really? um, i did he, i did he sent me and my girlfriend went with me we had the best time ever um so two things happened on that trip one i actually did get on the stage at the Tropicana and <laughs> spread his ashes on the stage. I had him in a tiny little vial and you have no, you have no idea. And, I was and like, he told oh you to do that. Oh my God. Yeah. You have no idea what this man told me to do. Yeah. So it's crazy. But I, one crazy, crazy thing that happened um, on the cruise and I've got a couple of other videos I can show you. But um, so we're in, we're on this cruise. We go to Key West 
and we were going to go to Sloppy Joe's. He wanted me to spread some there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I can't do it. Sober it. You know, we'd just gotten <laughs> off the ship and I'm like, nah, we're not doing that, Jill. So we leave. We go take the tour. We do all the stuff all over the island. We're chasing the chickens. We go have lunch. It's a really nice place. And of course, we're everywhere we go. I had koozies made for his um, for his um, memorial that I had had. So I had koozies and I carried him on the trip with me. And it was um, always with us, Donald Paul Lynch. Okay. Um, Black and Gaul, I should have brought you one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I'll bring you one. He was a Steelers fan. He was a about, yeah. Yes, he I'm was. I'm not going to hold that against him. I know, but I right? He was big, from there. Yeah, big Pittsburgh Steelers fan right. from, from the Berg, Bloomfield. So um, anyway, but so when we finally get to the bar, several beers in, and I, I don't drink Miller Lite, but I drank Miller Lite everywhere because he was a Miller Lite guy. So okay. I switched brands after he died just because. I'm a Coors Light guy. I won't also hold that against him. <laughs> right. <but>. <laughs> I'll <laughs> tell you another story about the Miller Lite later. But anyway, so we're in uh, in the bar, and I'm under the table trying to spread the ashes discreetly because, you know, not everybody wants ashes right. everywhere. And I'm right. make, I know Sloppy Joe's may send me a bill now. They but may. In the, they I know, may. right? But my girlfriend's taking a picture of me and she goes oh my god she said you're not going to believe this and over my right shoulder and i can show you the photo Uh is a guy sitting in a lynch jersey now i know this jersey is marshawn right you have we've talked before we started recording and talked some that night you have a lot of crazy coincidental stuff that happens to you in your life yep absolutely does it give you the chills or at this point are you just kind of used to it i love it because don promised me he was never going to leave he promised me he was um you know i i said to him we were walking i remembered i I remember exactly where i was we're walking around our block and i said to him i said god i'm gonna be so sad when you're gone Mm -hmm. and he goes babe i'm not leaving and i'm like don you're dying Mm -hmm. and he said Maybe I'm dying, but I'm not leaving. And he was like, I'm going to be the moon. I'm going to be the sun. I'm going to be a bird. I'm just going to be, you know, he said, you're never, you're never going to know. He said, you'll know when I'm there, but I'm not going to be just one thing. I'm going to be many things. And I'm like, and so sometimes I'll take a photo and I've shared different things. Mm-hmm. Like I've sh- shared photos of like hands and it looks like two hands in the sky. Um, I've got videos of orbs, and I'll be happy to share that with you. And mm-hmm. you could, I would love for someone to be able to say that's crazy. Right. Um, that's not there. Okay. Whatever. Show me it's not crazy. I can show you what it is. It's what I see. Um, but anyway, yeah, a lot of different things have happened. So that was one of the coolest things on that trip. Um, we we haven't. It, we're kind of alluding to it, but we haven't said it yet. Like what kind of guy he was. You told me he was kind of the the life of the party. Oh my joked God. around all the time. Did he? Was he the kind of guy that didn't take things too serious? Um, at work, he took things very seriously. He was right. very well respected. He um, ran a uh, one of the uh, most profitable divisions in the company um, for many years, just so respected in the industry. And it's so weird because then he would come home and be this person who, you know, went straight for a Miller Lite. Right. And, was like, you know, damn. And then, you know, we'd start deciphering the day. And then, yeah, the neighbors loved him. The kids loved him. Um, it was just, he had a, everybody did. You know, everybody loved Don. He was the life of the party. Yeah. Absolutely. And he was the so. love of your life. I know oh, you described him as that, Absolutely right? the love of my life. We only had 10 years together. Um, and like I said, 10 years. And, and, and I actually have that in a video because he said to me, he goes, 10 years on one hand is nothing. And then 10 years over here, man, you've got everything. Mm -hmm. So it's just really how you look at it. So it's what you make out of those 10 years that I kind of look back. And I don't regret anything that I did. Um, When when Don and I met, um, he lived in Maryland. I lived in Alabama. 
dated long distance for mm, probably a year and a half. And then it was like, he was like, okay, somebody's got to move. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're going to come to Alabama. And he's like, hell no. <laughs> he's like, no, that's yeah. not going to work. So I um, moved to, I moved to Maryland. I, I left my job of 19, 20 years. And I just said, you know what? I left with what fit in my car. What wow. fit in my car. So you I knew. Left. I knew. I yeah. knew he was the guy. And yeah. I, and it, it was funny because I was scared to death, but I wasn't. He bought a one-way ticket. Flew down. We drove my car up. Um, I ended up briefly leaving my company um, and went to work at, at a competitor. I hate to say that, but I did. Uh, awesome people. All in the name of love. All in the name of love. But you know what? I learned so much about myself mm-hmm. during my journey. Um, one, you never burn a bridge behind you because I left on the best of terms. I actually returned to my company not very much longer um, after that, and still with them today, um, absolutely love everybody that I mm-hmm. that I work with. They've been super, super supportive. But like I said, I I just I knew that I had to do this. Um, so you know, take a chance. I mean, that's that's what life is all about. So I did live two years in Maryland. Went through a couple of really cold winters. So uh-huh. Hagerstown, Maryland. Li- actually, first lived in Thurmont, and then uh, Hagerstown for a while. Made some awesome, awesome friends there. And then uh, Don got an opportunity to transfer to Jacksonville. And that's at the point that I returned to the company when he transferred there because Mm -hmm. there was something that happened to open up there for me to return. And uh, it was just awesome. So we had these wonderful years in Jacksonville. And then uh, even crazier, so Don passes away. um, Not long after Don passes away, and I mean weeks later, and Don had kind of told me he's like you're gonna have to move you know at some point because you're gonna have to help with kids and this then i'm like don Mm -hmm. we don't there are no other kids um i have one daughter don has a daughter and a um son that live in maryland my daughter lives in alabama okay anyway a couple weeks after don passes away my daughter gets pregnant with a little boy Mm -hmm. uh armistead harper Kranz. he's amazing anyway (laughs) (laughs) he's 11 months old yesterday okay um and uh couple weeks later, Don's niece gets pregnant with a little girl. Um, Don's godson actually just had a little boy a couple weeks ago, and his daughter is expecting a little boy early March of this year. So, so there's pieces of him. Oh, still my here. God. There's, yeah. there's all these there's all these babies. And so it, it, it gives me hope and it gives me it gives me delight. It makes me sad that he's not here to see that. Right. But it makes me very, very happy because I know that kind of in some way i don't know i just kind of feel like he's a tad bit responsible maybe because he had said you right. know this was going to happen i don't really know yeah but anyway so pretty cool i'm excited about all that what what was it like from the time y'all found out to the time that he eventually passed how how was that time period like was it i know you said y'all so, did a lot of things y'all went a lot of places right right so in the beginning and i think this is true with most people um you have extreme hope Right. We're going to beat this. And that was Don's entire attitude um, in the beginning was, I'm not going to die. Right. I'm going to beat this. Right. They're going to come up with a treatment. Um, you know, something's going to happen. And then you go from, I don't want to say, you just, you, once you go through so many treatments and you're so sick and you're so tired, which was crazy because he would go in on Monday morning. Um, sometimes I went to treatments with him. Uh, sometimes he went alone. It just really depended. He was very, very independent. He would be like, you're not going with me. I mean, he would literally go and um, he had the uh, had the port. Uh, 
port in his chest, and he would go hook up. He'd be there six, eight hours or whatever. He worked the entire time. I mean, they had to put him in a special room because they were like, you can't be talking over here. And he's like, I've got work to do. Right. He was like, you know, whatever. So they would put him somewhere quiet because he did not stop. Um, I mean, he continued to work through his treatments, through everything. So, but once you get past that and you really get to the point that, you know, well, we went, we went through everything we could at MD Anderson and they said, we can't help you anymore. Um, basically, well, I would say they couldn't help you. The doctor did not have the best bedside manner. Don didn't like him. But as I look back. That's a real thing that happens. But as I look back, Don didn't like the fact that he had cancer either. Well, so the doctor didn't tell him the things that he wanted to hear. There you go. And so it was a decision that we made. It's kind of crazy, but ran into a neighbor and she goes, hey, I got the, you know, how's everything going with Don's treatments? I'm like, oh, my God, he does not like his doctor. But I was like, it doesn't like his diagnosis either. Right. So she was like, oh, come see my doctor. He's awesome. So that's whenever we switched over to um, to this other uh, clinic. And they were just uh, North Florida. They were awesome. Very, very good and led us through the rest of the journey. So as you go through your journey, things kind of change. Like I said, you go from you go from being convinced you're going to make it to hoping you're going to make it mm-hmm. to, damn, let's just get through today. Right. Let's just get through today. And then at that point, you kind of either, and like I said, I told Dr. Hunger, I said, don't, don't sugarcoat it for me. I want to know what we have. We have to know. And so at the point that they gave us... Um, uh, May 1st, they gave us the 21 days notice. Um, I look back now and I'm like, because 21 days is not long. No, it's not. But, and honestly, out of those 21 days, I could, and, and we, you mentioned it when we looked at the videos a few mm-hmm. minutes ago, mm-hmm. um, because I had a video from May 6th and then right. I think we, I think it was, it was three like days three days later. I think it was six, May 6th and May 9th. Right. Maybe. Yeah. It was three days. I know right. that. Right. It was three days and it was just like. Visibly. A oh, different person. it was crazy. So yeah, and it's crazy how they can kind of call that that's going to happen. Um, I think that Don was so determined to live that he just didn't he didn't give up the fight. Mm-hmm. And then when they gave him that diagnosis, I think his body was at the point that it's like you know what you're not going to win this fight. So mm-hmm. um, it became really really hard at that point. And at that point, you just do what you can to. I try to do anything that he wanted to do, anything that was comforting to him. I mean, if he wanted to go get ice cream at 10 o'clock at night, we went and ice cream at 10 o'clock at night. And um, and I actually have a very funny video with that, too. Did, so. Was there a time after the diagnosis that y'all went and traveled at all or did anything like that? Oh, well, we did. Yeah. yeah, we took a couple of vacations that we just, um, you know, we just went. I mean, we, we he liked cruising because he could, even if he was really tired, because, the I mean, he would, and I would get so mad with him because he would cancel an entire series of treatments to go on a cruise. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Don. And I said, Don, these treatments are to help you live. And he goes, no, they're killing me. I'm going on this cruise. And he's like, you going with me? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going with you. So, yeah. so yeah, we did a lot of traveling during that time. Um, we, you know, we went back to his hometown. We went to Pittsburgh. He wanted to go to a uh, Steeler game that was on his bucket list. I mean, he'd gone to many of them, but he wanted to go to one at that particular um, winter because he knew it would be one of the last ones. And so his... Uh, we actually have very good friends that live there, but his cousin bought him Steeler tickets, so we went up for, for Christmas, and I can show you a couple of those videos. It's yeah. actually pretty awesome to see him in the stands in all of his gear 
So you've mm-hmm. you've mentioned it a couple of times, and uh, we we you have a lot of videos that he recorded through this process right. after the, his diagnosis, um, and some of them are pretty candid. And you shared a couple of them with me, right? Um, and we talked about prior to recording this that you wanted to share some of those videos on this podcast, right? Um, you want to kind of describe maybe one of the ones that you want to share, and like we talked about, I'll splice it in, and people can actually uh, watch it or listen to it. That that's listening to the podcast. So, which one of the first right. ones you'd like to share? Um, probably the one where Don, you know, just tells everyone, "Don't be mad at me that I've decided to stop treatments," and he doesn't say that's what it's about, but that's what it's about. Like I said, at this point, he's kind of, you know, he explains a lot of it but he doesn't want anyone to be angry with him that he's decided to stop treatments because he said i mean i'm just i'm sick i'm sick i'm tired i'm just ready right i'm ready for this journey to end we'll 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 jump into that real quick right now and like i said you deborah we talked about this before this was something that you did want to share with with the world so people can just see how you know it's difficult, I'm sure, for the family when they have to realize that they're still hoping that he gets better and he's decided that that's not how he wants to spend the rest of his days. So right. we'll jump into that real quick. Yep. Hi, this is Donald P. Ledge. Uh, uh, um, we're recording this because back in August of 2016, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer, which is incurable. Uh, it's, it's, it's very curable if it's caught early. Uh, mine was caught at stage four, which means not only was it on the colon, but it spread to my liver. Uh, emergency colon surgery, they took it out. Uh, not all of it. They took a portion of it out. Uh, survived that very well. It was a challenge. Never had that long of a hospital stay. But at any rate, survived that, waited a month, started about the uh, chemotherapy dealing with the cancer that was elsewhere in the body couple of scans, it still showed up. They continued to escalate the, uh, the uh, medicine. It was different, uh, different versions of it, and uh, none worked. And in fact, all they did was made me sick and gave me the worst symptoms. Uh, every symptom that was on the list, I, I got. Uh, so after reaching the end of that and uh, trying our first experimental uh, drug. This was uh, uh, hormonal therapy. No, that's not it. Immunotherapy. Amin- immunotherapy. Um, uh, we decided, I decided, I personally decided that that was it. Not going through any more uh, trials, any more, uh, uh, you know, tests to see if uh, this might work. You know, it'll, it'll be hell for, for three months, but it might work. Uh, I'm not willing to do that at this point. Suffered enough, just going to live this out. So won't be seeking any additional treatment. Again, this is my decision. I, uh, I want everybody to know that uh, while I did take Deb's advice, uh, she, uh, she did not influence this in any way. Uh, this, is, this is my personal illness. Uh, it's a uh, it's a tough one, but it's also my personal decision. So uh, at this point, I want everybody to know that uh, respect me, respect my decision, uh, because it was, it's been a tough one. It's been a very difficult decision, and uh, uh, but but it's mine, and that's how it's going to be. 
If anybody has any questions, let me know. So that one's good. Okay. And so you just got to see the video there that, uh, that he made. Um, it's heavy stuff. I know you, you, you showed it to me. It's, 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 I don't know that people get to see that a lot, like somebody dealing with mortality, right? And, right. and, and fully right. Tr- trying to process it, you know, and making decisions based on that. Right. And that was the one thing that I guess I, um, I, I wanted, I wanted every bit of him that I could have mm-hmm. to hang on, to look at later, to see. Um, but these were actually his idea. He had said to me, he goes, you know, I, I, he had the, I got another video that um, he was explaining what song he wanted me to play at his funeral and um it was kind of you know kind of heavy because we had gone to vegas the year before in april so he'd known for a year he wanted this song played at his funeral i can't even imagine how many times he listened to it but he never ever told me and we were sitting there uh just a couple weeks before he died and he said to me he goes hey this is the song so i just grabbed my cam my mm-hmm. phone and i'm mm-hmm. recording while it's playing on his phone and you can see that in the video um but yeah it was he thought a lot about what he wanted to do how he wanted it to be and quite frankly he told me he felt like that was why i was in his life he said i felt like you were here to make my life good mm-hmm. but he was like god sent you to me to take care of me and and i and i as i look back now and he told me that so many times mm-hmm. Um, that I was there for a reason. And you know what? I think he was there to take care of me because he, to this day, um, you know, I I still, I think about things that he said to me, things will happen. I mean, I was recently in a bar and I ordered a Bud Light and they brought me a Miller Light. And <laughs> the guy says to me, he goes, you didn't order a, a Miller Light, you ordered a Bud Light. I said, I know. I said, sit it down. I said, it's okay. My husband sent it to me. He said, do I need to get your husband a beer? And I said, no, he's dead. Oh, Lord. He said, how do you send you a beer? And I said, who just, knows? It's yeah. okay. Just leave the beer. It's fine. I said, please. So from that point on, I never, ever, ever will order anything other than a Miller Light at a bar. So, so we can, uh, is that one of the videos you wanted to share was the one of him playing the song? Yeah, that would be, that would be kind of funny. Yeah, okay. Because so he, we'll, um, we can jump into that right now. Yeah. Love that. The song? I knew the minute I heard it. I had heard the first word and I knew it. Really? Tell you where we were. Where? We were in the, the burger bar at uh, uh, Las Vegas last April. And the little burger, the little bag that the burgers came yeah. in. In and out. Just a little brand new one. So yeah, so he he always enjoyed that. So one other little funny story, um, his one of his best friends and actually two of my coworkers, um, last year we were in California. It was about this time last year, and I carry Don's ashes with me everywhere. I can't believe I don't have any today. But anyway, I don't. I've got some other stuff, but I don't have that. Um, but we're in California, and so we go to spread his ashes because they were with me and we thought okay this will be a cool thing to do we'll go spread mm-hmm. his little ashes on the thing and we'll go have a miller light so we go into this bar in california guess what we order miller light mm-hmm. guess what they're out of miller light i'm like what the hell who the right. hell's out of miller light are you serious 
But it was just crazy. So this, we all, all had to drink uh, a different beer that night because we had to have right, beer, of course. Right, right. But yeah, it was pretty funny. So, I, and I feel like we should share one of the videos of him just being silly, just so people can see, you know, what he was like. Oh yeah. Before this diagnosis, to see the you know the real person, the and real not just person, the, yeah. what he was facing. But yeah. Um, and we can cut into that right now. I know you showed me one. Um, Yeah. All right. So. And then so uh, so that's him. That's him as how, who he was. Right. Uh, the life of the party, as you described it. But what what has it been like for you now since he's gone? And and I say gone, I mean, in the physical sense, you know, he's still with right. you, like you say, all these oh, right. signs that he's sending you, apparently. Right. Right. Um, but what has it been like for you uh, as a as a widow now um trying to deal with 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 the loss well it's obviously you talk well about it that's that's one of the things that makes me feel comfortable i guess it's because you're so good at at you've processed it i'm sure you're still processing it but you talk so well about it and you're able to joke about it which is what i really like well it's you know people i I do i have a i mean people ask me if i'm married and i'm like no my husband's dead and I'm very it's a little bit blunt for somebody know, who is. hasn't been through that, right? It, it is like, very blunt. What did, what? It okay. is very blunt. But you know what? I I have to laugh about it because believe me, I cry. There are so many tears. There mm-hmm. are, there are tears, and there are tears that people don't know about. Um, but he was the love of my life, and he made me promise him before he died. He said, "You cannot stop living." He said, "That you have so much life to give," and we we just had a great great relationship. We love to have a good time. We love to have fun, and and I've. I kind of always been very frank. Um, mm-hmm. So I will say things that shock you and that does not bother me. <laughs> right. <laughs> like not very much at all. Right. So being widowed has been um, pretty funny. So yeah, the first few months you're trying to process everything and, you know, I kind of threw myself into my work. And, and like I said, my, my, my daughter uh, gets pregnant with this baby. So I sell the house in Jacksonville. I moved to Alabama. I, you know, try to find myself a new life here. And, um, you know, kind of start making new friends and several months in. And then I thought, you know what, maybe it's time I start dating. So I'm looking around. I, I, I work a lot and my, I don't really like have a big outlet to meet a lot of people. So I'm right. like, okay, let me try this online thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Heard a lot about it. Oh my God. Not fun. No, it's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. People lie. They don't tell the truth. Their pictures are 20 years no old. No way. I don't oh believe it. Oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. So anyway, with that, I have um, I've got several friends that um, that I hang out with, and like I said, I'm constantly and I'll, I'm I'm always asking people, God, you gonna set me up? Gonna find mm-hmm. me someone? Um, yeah, they're still not not found that person right. yet. I've had a couple dates; they've mostly been bad. <laughs> <laughs> now he, I don't know remember if we talked about this before we started recording or if this was we actually recorded, but I'm gonna ask again. He told you. To, to date, right? Oh, absolutely. He said this. He is- said to me, he said, babe, go out into the world. He was like, some guy's going to be so lucky. He was like, go. He said, promise me that you will not just like not live your life because right. he said life is short and basically um, just go and have fun. And and I mean, he said to me, you know, meet me on the other side. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> Hope it's going to be a while. But yeah, but I mean, seriously, did so that make it, does that make it easier for you? Do you think you'd have struggled with that decision? Had y'all not had that conversation? I mean, did- probably so, because there are so many people that I've talked to. I'm so intrigued by widows, widowers and widowhood. 
Um, and I like to ask a lot of questions. Most people do not have the conversations that Don and I had. So that's what we, we mentioned. Like, I think you were, again, I use this term lucky in that way that y'all got to have those conversations. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. What are they, what are the other people that you, um, a lot of people, um, have a lot of guilt because they didn't have the conversations. Right. Um, a lot of people, uh, I mean, I've, I've got a couple of really good friends. I've got one in particular that we have had hours and hours and hours of conversations. Um, he was married for 30 some years to the love of his life. And, mm-hmm. and it really, really is hard, um, for some people to move on. And like I said, I don't think that it's the fact that Don and I were only together 10 years because 10 years is a long time, but I mean, there are people that I've spoken with that have been widowed for, you know, years, years, and they have never dated anyone. And they right. were like, I feel like I'm cheating on my right. wife by doing this. And I, I guess that's why I just, I don't know. I love talking to people about it and yeah, I'm um, sure everybody has a different experience with oh it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I, I, like I say though, I think with you and him having spoke about that, I just think that's a that's an awesome thing. You know what I mean? Oh, because it, is, it yeah. just because I'm I'm trying to gauge on what kind of person he was, and that's so awesome that he wasn't, you know, selfish. Con- yeah, yeah, selfish. That's yeah. a great word. Uh, yeah. And told you like, look, you got a lot of life left to live, and don't don't not live it. You know? Oh, what I mean? right, right, yeah. And it sounds like you have too. Oh, I I do. I have a good time. I love to travel. Like I said, I met you here. I I I love. Biloxi. That's right. That's right. That's one of the aspects of this podcast. I love the coast. Right, right. right. I do love the coast. You're it's here a, pretty regularly. You uh, said about once a month. I like to come over work? once a month. Well, no, no, not for work. Oh, no. I come no. to play. Oh, okay. <laughs> even better. Even better. Even better. Yeah, it's it's nice. But um, but no, it's a, it's a great area. And like I said, I love to meet beat people. The you know, the, there's always nice music here. Um, right. and like where I live, um, there's always you know, I, I live on the uh, Eastern shore and it's just awesome there. Live music somewhere every day. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, I couldn't have landed in a better spot, honestly. So I've just, you know, kind of inserted myself into the community and I introduced myself to people. Well, and we're glad to have you, you know, here for sure. I know. I love it. It's exciting. So. Um, what What's one thing that you can, that you can tell or say to people that maybe you've learned or that you'd like to say, like that are going through this. Cause that's one of the reasons why I wanted to record this for people you know, it's not something that's talked about a lot. Like what's the takeaway from you? I feel like for me personally, it's like I mentioned, just kind of, you can't take the time that you have for granted because you don't know how much time that is. Right. You can't. And you, you know, you, you can't be angry about things. You can't be angry about a bad diagnosis. Um, you know, we, we all have a, a, I don't want to say a purpose-driven life, but mm-hmm. we all we all have a life that's laid out ahead of us. Right. So no matter where you're at in your journey, you have to you have to embrace where you are. I mean, you know, maybe you're going through a bad time, but you know, you can go through a bad time and still have fun. You can go through a bad time and, you know, still do things that are positive. Um, I take away from this journey that it wasn't meant for me to be with Don forever. uh, Unfortunately, because he is no longer here, but it also has made me realize that life is short. Right. I'm going to enjoy what I have. I'm going to go into the world. I'm going to make friends. I'm going to, you know, just, spend every day I can uh, having quality time and do you notice the, the difference things? since he left of how you appreciate time do you, do you feel nah, that I kind of did that when he was here honestly okay. um I am very uh like I said very blessed <laughs> that we met each other right. and you know we had the lifestyle that we did um and I love that lifestyle I, I'm a Leo so I love the sun I love the water I have to be on the go I right you know, they say we like the center of attention. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
but but I mean seriously, you know, it's I, I guess it's just my personality, right? Um, and so I do enjoy um being out there. I, I like to make people happy. I like to make them smile. So one thing that I have um learned through this journey and that I've started doing and I really really enjoy was I was I wanted to force myself to get out of my comfort zone. Okay. So I signed up for dance classes. So, <laughs> so I am taking ballroom dancing. Okay. Um, and it's been really, really fun. I've met a lot of people, so do a lot of dances. Um, it's crazy. You can go dance almost any night of the week at somewhere along the Eastern Shore, you know, whether it's... Was know, this just something you've always wanted to do, or is this... You know, Don and I actually took dance classes when we lived in Maryland because it was so cold. There was not much to do, so we signed up for dance classes, and we went to like two, and he's like, yeah, no, this is not going to work for right, me. He was right. like, I hate these shoes. Plus, the <laughs> dance instructor was so strict that, you know... He was like, I know how to dance. You're telling me how to dance. And she was trying to tell him how to dance. But anyway, he thought he was a good dancer like he was. Right. So we did take a couple of dance was classes. He? Uh, he was a great dancer. He was a great rapper. Um, He had a, oh, he loved a, a rapper. He loved to rap. Like, like he rapped? Like he wrote his own stuff? No, no, no. no oh, no. he just rapped along with stuff. No, he did karaoke rap. <laughs> okay. All right. I can respect that. <laughs> Do you have any of those videos? That would be what, a good one to you share. You know what's funny? His best friend, Tim, we all went on a cruise, and he actually, I hope that I maybe could find some of that. I'll have to look and see. But okay. yeah, Don, Don always loved to um to sing and be the center of attention. But yeah, but yeah, he did like his own little stuff. So so, you, so you're out there doing, just living life, like you said, getting those experiences, getting out of your comfort zone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Learning how to dance. Learning how to great. dance. As a matter of fact, I danced the other night with a, uh, a widower and a nice guy who was there because... His wife had, you know, had had wanted to take classes. I don't know. Maybe they had taken classes. I'm not really sure. <clears throat> but he was there, and he was a widower. So you meet all these different people. So when I meet them, I try to, you know, talk to them about their journey, mm -hmm. um, where they're going. Like I said, I don't know. I would love to start some type of support group on, uh, you know, maybe in my area for that. I don't know. I think that's a great <laughs> idea because I think this as a topic, death being one or, or you know, loss, um, it's it's taboo in the sense that it doesn't feel good to talk about, but really you should talk about it, right? And, oh, and to talk about it with people that have been through it helps a lot. Um, and then to add that widow uh, aspect of it, I, I think that'd be a great thing if you did that. Right. So maybe I'll start a widow group. I don't know. Maybe we can. Or a podcast. I know our yeah. podcast. I know yeah, we talked awesome. about that before we started recording. Yeah. I think that'd be a great, a great thing. So yeah. maybe we see if we can make happen yeah, on that. So. Well, look, Deborah, I want to uh, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story, um, for I don't know, just being you. I mean, I, it, it's 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 awe inspiring. Um, you make it easier for me. So right. just having talked to you. Um, but uh, thank you for taking the time today to come and do this. And uh, let's let's do another one in oh, a couple absolutely. months or yep. however it works out. We both have crazy schedules, yeah, but I know I would love that. I really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm glad that I like I said we've been trying to do this forever. We have. But and I think and I struggled with trying to do it because I wasn't really sure. How it was going to be once I started talking about it? I was. I told you before, and I mentioned I was. Uh, this is the first. This is the nervous I've ever been doing any of this kind of stuff. Well, so. the fact that you didn't have Kleenex here <laughs> made it a little bit easier that neither one of us could cross. Our shirt tails are probably wet. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I would, but ooh. yeah, but no. It's. I think it's we been did awesome. good. I think, I think we, we did good. I, I hope we, we honored his life in the brief time so. that we talked about it. Yeah. Um. Again, we're we're sharing this just to. It's cathartic for us, and then hopefully uh, people that are listening. You know, if it, if this is something you've gone through in your life, um, you know, if you want to shoot us a comment or oh, reach out in any way and talk to Deborah about how, her experience and share yeah. whatever, you know, I can uh, I can link her in the video and yep. 
you can become part of her first uh, the Witterer talk group or whatever it ends up being. So. I know we got to find a name for that. That'll yeah, be cool. we'll come up with something cool. Um, I think so. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks again for stopping by. Absolutely. And until the next one. Good deal. Thank you.